to Cloud and Clear, the podcast by SADA for innovative business leaders and technology enthusiasts, where we explore how Google Cloud is transforming the industry and what that means to you. Now, here's your host, Tony Safoyan. You know, I get really excited every time we have a SADA customer on, uh, on Cloud and Clear, and today is one of those days. And I also not only have a customer, but I got a special guest uh, with us today who will introduce himself in a minute, but please welcome to Cloud and Clear, the CEO at Connect and Sell, Chris Beal. Welcome, Chris. Hey, great to be here, Tony. Thanks for doing this. We're big fans of the platform. I can't wait to talk more about that. But before we go into that, let's, uh, uh, let's let, the, let our special, uh, special guest, Billy Franz, introduce himself. Billy. Hey, what's up, y'all? Billy Franz, glad to be back here, Tony. Thanks for having me. I'm the Solder's uh, director of Inside Sales and Channel, which is kind of how we got on the Connect and Sell platform. That's right. That's right. Not only are we a customer and user of Connect and Sell, Connect and Sell, Connect and Sell is a customer of ours. They run on Google. Like it's all the wonderful makings of a great episode. So I'm really excited to do this. But before again, we dive into that. Uh, Chris, uh, you've been you've been running Connect and Sell for over nine years. We've done a bunch of stuff before that. So can you for the for the audience just sort of give a broader introduction to your background and the evolution of your career. And then of course the origin story of connect and sell itself. Sure. Sure. Tony. So I'm a desert rat out of the, the uh, far deserts of Arizona uh, raised by, I don't know, books and animals. I think, I don't think there were very many people in my life growing up. And uh, you know, my mom used to look out in the desert and say, you know, Chris, plenty of room out in that desert to bury a child. So I, I think you got a kind of picture of my upbringing right there that uh, a high standard was set. And, uh, you know, we were expected to kind of perform in my family. I got into physics and mathematics really early, but also psychology and uh, particularly kind of neuropsych and psychology of perception. And one thing led to another, and I found myself needing a job one day when uh, I, my first wife had a, a miscarriage a long, long time ago. And I needed money like tomorrow in order to be able to move away from Arizona. And the only job I could find in one day was selling door to door, selling fuller brush. And it took me about one hour to realize that what they were doing couldn't possibly work in the world we lived in in Arizona, where it was 110 degrees out and you knock on the door and you're trying to keep them, you know, put your foot in the door. That doesn't work so good when you're 10 out and the air conditions blowing out the door. So I did some math and became the number one fuller brush person in Arizona in about two weeks. And how'd you do that? I, I, I broke the sale into two parts. So part one was asking whether I could go research our products, which I'd heard were unusual. I, here's my opener. I'm Chris Beal. I'm your new Fuller Brush man. You probably don't know what Fuller Brush is. I sure don't. That was it. <laughs> and it went from there. And then I'd get their permission to come back if I found something that changed their lives. And share it with them. And I had a 92% door to close rate in a world where 4% is a big number. So I realized that sales was something that had been uh, kind of studied but not understood. And then I went off and just kind of became a software guy. I went into the software industry, wrote code, built systems, ran software education training for Martin Marietta at one point, Malachi Martin. Uh, went off to Bell Labs and wrote some international standards and did some stuff like that. And then started doing startup, 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 startup. And one more startup, you know, I've been doing them a long time. This is the first one where I didn't invent the product. 
And it just shows that I stuck as an inventor because this thing is a thousand <laughs> times better than anything I ever came up with. <laughs> well, you must be quite an operator then. It's not, it's not a great inventor because, I mean, the story of Connect and Sell is amazing. So what is the origin story? And then how did you come on board as a CEO and how does that all happen? Well, the origin's kind of funny. It's a guy uh, who will remain nameless in India. I think he may have been chasing a girl. I don't know. And he needed to call back to the U.S., had a list, cut the list up into six lists, take them to a table, put six employees at the table, and said, here's a telephone. Hold your finger next to who you're dialing. Do everything except talk to the person. If you get them on the phone, you know it's them. Hold the phone up. I'll grab the phone, see where your finger is, and I'll start talking. And that's how the product was originally invented. And it worked so well that I decided to have it built back here in the States by somebody who was pretty good at building software. And then I got involved when uh, Sean McLaren had come in early, early on in 2007, wrote a million-dollar check or whatever in order to, to uh, join the company as VP of sales. And really, it's just he's a world-class product. He's the first guy I've ever worked with. And he was uh, doing some stuff, raised some money, built the company up to you know double-digit millions per year in a couple of years, right in the heart of the downturn, 2008-2009. And in 2011, he just decided he was going to take a little venture money and look for some so-called professional talent, made a mistake, and brought me in. I joined the company five minutes after meeting this guy, not intending to get a job. And I heard what he had to say, and I said, hang on. You tell me you reinvented the business telephone, call a list in parallel instead of one person at a time, and the mathematical consequence of 10 times increase in the rate of the only thing that counts in business, which is live conversations between somebody with a problem and somebody who might have a solution to that problem. Is that what you're telling me? And he said, yes. And I said, I'm in. And he said, what does that mean? I said, I'm working for you now. <laughs> what well, I'm not hiring? I says, your choice whether you pay me. It's a free country. But I recommend it. <laughs> you know what? Wait, I'm just drawing a parallel, though, to your door-to-door -door selling days about how there's a connection, probably what was very instinctual for you very long time ago in your first job in sales and what you saw the platform was delivering, right? That seems like I'm making a connection based on your story. Yeah, and also the math. You know, I'm a mathematician by background. I did the math. And I said, gosh, I've never seen a $100 billion TAM before. You don't have to multiply very many numbers together <laughs> to get there. Now, capturing a different matter, right? Because sales is the hardest thing in the world. And when you do sales technology, you're almost always playing directly into future failure. Because even if you fix one thing, there's like 10 other things that got to work. The value chain in sales is long and tenuous. And we know that unless the whole thing works, unless you're free, then you're not making any money. Uh, you got a problem. So we've been trying to figure out and I think have figured out how to make the whole value chain in sales work. And Billy, you've experienced it. We're on you all the time, right? I mean, it doesn't have much to do with Connect and Sell, does it? The platform itself is fantastic. It is, it's essentially allowed our inside sales reps to 4X their productivity and output, both from terms of dials to conversations. I mean, it's almost like uh, I don't know how else to put it other than if you've ever worked at a booth at a trade show and having the hottest commodity or the hottest product and people want to stop by, talk to you about it, but doing that for connecting self from an outreach standpoint and leveraging our conversations for GCP, now I've got a super young or very minimal tenured rep that's able to have four or five X amount of conversations at a faster rate. <laughs> 
So now their ability to scale is 4X that, and then now our chances to actually get that rep to sell more is having a huge impact on our revenue. Just be, just by having more conversations, they get better practice, they get more comfortable with Google Cloud Platform, they get more comfortable talking about G Suite to strangers. It's, I mean, it's phenomenal. Because they get that practice. Yeah. Yeah. They get the practice. They, they're not worried about just sitting there punching numbers day in and day out. They're, they're focused on the actual conversation and the technology that Google can provide to their end users. And that, that is big. So, uh, I, yeah, I can't, I can't speak. So, so Chris, you know, that, um, from a, from an inside sales standpoint, like as far as the Google cloud ecosystem goes, we have the most ambitious targets ever. I mean, Billy's only just about a year in a role at SADA before Billy, we had a distributed kind of methodology around how we would, you know, source business for Google. It was always, you know, the last five years, an important metric for us, but he came in and in like nine months blew it out. I think 149 million in pipeline generated by his, his, you know, brand new organization with a brand new team this year, we're probably going to double that. And so like the fact that, you're a customer had nothing to do. Like those, those things were separated. Like Billy came to me and said, we cannot do what you're trying to do without connect and sell. And I was like, connect and sell. Wow. Like we have all these other tools. We need another tool. So do you hear that a lot, Chris? Well, we hear a lot about tools. I'm glad we don't sell one. We got a weapon and uh, you know, tools are for gardening. And as far as I can tell, business is war, it's not gardening. So you can go garden all you want with tools, but if you want to win, you need weapons. And there aren't very many of those. Well, how, this, how does this not existed before? Like, I'm, 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 I'm like baffled by the exponentially better solution this is than, like, like I started my career in, in I guess, in a dot-com, doing some IT work. And then I got fired from that job because they hired a real IT person. And then they put me in, they put me in front of a phone. Like that was my first experience in selling was dialing for dollars. It's a miserable experience. Well, it is, you know, the reason this didn't exist before, I think was just, it wasn't a bad enough problem to solve back when you could make five, six phone calls, get somebody on when it became, uh, you know, 15 phone calls in like 2006, 2007, the, they became worth solving that. And the core issue is voicemail. So we all remember back in 2002, three, four, when the, the cost of storage fell through the floor, right? Where storage became essentially free. And so the voicemail systems, the VMXs of the world, the Octels of the world, they had to figure out what to do. And what they did was they convinced their customer to open up their voicemail system to people who were not employees. And so over the next two years, 2003, four, five, Suddenly, every salesperson in the world would leave voicemails. Voicemail was the written was Sam of its time, and what it resulted in is people stopped listening to voicemails, and it, it dropped off by thirty percent a year for three consecutive years, and then went to zero. So now what? Now you got to have a live conversation with somebody to get them to trust you. They got to trust you with their career. It's B to B. They're not risking their money. You know, you buy a Tesla, you don't like it, you sell it, you're out ten k, right? You buy connecting bell and it sucks and you're Billy, you know, what does he come and say to you? Hey, yeah. God, I want something that sucks. It's okay. It costs a lot of money and ruin the team. You know, that one doesn't work out so well for his career, right? So when you come right down to a B2B buying scary, it requires trust. You got to have conversations. Conversations became unavailable. 
and you needed the solution. The solution actually popped out very soon after that, 2007. So it really has been around. The trick has been making it scale, making it seamless, and figuring out all the other stuff. Like we've had to go into the business of training reps, doing messaging workshops, helping people with their lists. I mean, there's nothing that we don't do. The only thing we charge for, however, is the dials. Mm-hmm. It's just a unique model. We just decided, I don't like all those other things as pieces of my business. I don't want to be a training company. I don't want to be a consulting company. I don't want to be a, a list management purveyor. I don't want to be any of that stuff. I want to be, as, they, as Edward Abbey said a long time ago, you want a good driver, strap them to the bumper. Right? I want to be a good driver. So I want to be strapped to the bumper where if you fail, we fail, and it hurts really bad right before we fail. And yeah. it's scary, right? So we're out there where we do everything. And as Billy knows, you know, we will annoy you to death. If we think your people aren't saying the right thing, if they aren't doing their follow-ups correctly, it's pretty irritating, isn't it, Billy? But it's because we want you to see. Very much so. It's actually been kind of cool. I look at the Connect Intel extension team with, with Shar and John T. Often, I mean, at this point, it's almost like we're, I know we're, we're business partners and all going go in, in our strategy to get together as customers. But I feel like now I've established a personal relationship with both of them. When they say, hey, Billy, we noticed an uptick in dials here, but your metric in terms of dials to connect or your metric in meeting the follow-up was a little bit higher this week. What's going on there? Can we help back and forth to Taylor, Taylor Sada's pitch for, for the marketplace? And, it, and that's been actually kind of cool, a lot of fun. So wow. I'm very, very appreciative. Uh, Chris, I've heard of like training and onboarding programs for various SaaS solutions. Uh, it's seldom to get this ingrained into the implementation and the continued usage of the platform that someone's selling in SaaS enterprise software. It's, you've taken it to a different level. Well, we just had to. We're not nice people or anything. That'd be weird. Um, you know, <laughs> that. We're just as, as mean as we can be. We just can't afford to be very mean. So it's it, the way it works is you sales fails. That's the nature of sales, right? Sales is just like being a wide receiver, right? Almost everything you would ever try as a wide receiver is going to fail. But that's all there is to it. It's a tough connection. It doesn't work very often. There's somebody trying to prevent it all the time. And if you screw up by a little, you, you lose by a lot. At half a step, you're toast. Turn too early, you're toast. Don't break hard enough on the sideline, you're toast. Everything, you're toast. So in sales, you're toast. And that's what we're selling to, though. And, and we're displacing 95% of your top-of-the-funnel labor for getting somebody on the phone. That's 95% of your labor becomes my labor. So we're just kind of stuck. Um, and, and we don't do the by-the-seat kind of thing because the unit of value in sales is not the rep. It's the conversation. And we can't do it by the conversation between all your lists. So the, the hybrid is we do it by the dial. That's what we sell by. And that way, that dial represents a unit of our labor. It's about a minute of our labor. And we can arbitrage the difference between our labor, our tech, all of that stuff, and yours. And that's kind of what we do. And it's fair and it works, but it does put us on the hook. I love that. I love the incentive alignment. Anything that aligns incentives is... is uh... And if it's done the right way, it's just a sub, such a powerful mechanism. And, you know, again, not too dissimilar to, I think, when we sell uh, GCP or G Suite or other things like, you know, your usage of GCP is going to only increase if your business is more successful over time, right? So there's a bunch of things that we do. Um, but before we talk about Sada, 
as, as I guess you're on the other side, as, as your vendor, your partner on the other side, it's not like Google Cloud. Um, how did you land and your organization land on the decision for uh, uh, to invest in Google Cloud versus other clouds? Well, we went to AWS first. That was our first big cloud move. So we came out of, of where we were hosted at, uh, at a, a, you know, a hosting center. And we said, no, we want to get to the cloud. It's a little bit tricky because of the way our system works. We do our own telephony out of our mm -hmm. servers. So we got to have a tight pipe to multiple carriers. You know, normally we use seven or eight, nine of them. We do it dynamically. And it's all of our own stuff that's right on it. So it's not like, oh, just plug some Twilio in and hope for the best, right? It does, that doesn't work when, because Connect and Sell's got to be instantaneous. Somebody has to push a button 10,000 miles away. And one of Billy's people has had two things happen within a split second, one on the screen and one in their ear and it has to be synchronized. So it's non-trivial tech. It looks trivial, it looks easy, like Uber, you know, push a button, talk to somebody. How hard is this, right? Well, it's kind of hard under the covers to make that stuff work in a browser and a telephone. So we went to AWS. That, that was all fine. We got all that done. And then one day I was at the Outbound Conference in Atlanta. Jeb Blunt, Anthony Inarino, Mike Weinberg, Mark Hunter put on this thing. I call them the Four Horsemen Outbound. And we were not the platinum sponsor, but we were like the open video. I didn't know. So that was a surprise gift to me that we got put on. Well, the guy sitting next to me, his name is Larry, he gets bumped out of the front row because he doesn't have a VIP badge. But it turns out he's the head of strategy and partnerships for Google Cloud. His name's LJ Irwin. So I put my badge around his neck and then the video starts. And it's me talking to the audience. And so the security guard freaks out and walks away. And Larry's not being profiled anymore, and that's cool. So Larry asked me, he says, what do you guys do? And I said, well, I don't want to tell you, but I'll show you. He says, what do you mean? You're going to do a demo? I said, not a demo. I'll sell it for you. Pick somebody out at lunch. So he picked somebody out at lunch. And I went and sold Connect and Sell to him so that LJ could listen. And that's how we formed the relationship. Wow. And that turned into one of our best customers, Kaser Compressors. It's an outstanding customer, big German compressor company, makes industrial air compressors which, by the way, we never would sell to. There's, they're not our cup of tea. And now I'm totally in love with those guys. Matt McCorkle and the guys over there are just beyond belief good. And then LJ called me a week later and said, you know, we've come to the conclusion here at Google where you do know we know everything, right? And I said, yeah, I've heard. And he says, uh, we've come to the conclusion you're the most interesting company in Silicon Valley. I said, why is that? He says, well, your reputation's like a 9.5 out of 10. And in, in sales tech, next down is probably a four. And you guys are, you know, the company, he didn't say company, he says you're old. And I said, what do you mean? The company is only 14 years old. He says, no, not the company. He said, you are old. <laughs> I said, uh, why is that relevant? He says, because in Silicon Valley, if you're young, you can buy your revenue. But if you're old, you got to earn it. Wow. And so I said, well, that's interesting. So we started talking. He said, you know, we would like to work with you because our model is you you come over to GCP and we'll help you sell your product because that makes everybody money. And I was like, well, AWS ain't offering me that. They're not even interested in that kind of thing. So uh, can we do a test drive? He says, yeah, are you, are you on GCP yet? And I said, no. He says, well, I don't recommend doing a test drive quite yet. <laughs> Why don't you come on over first? So I called my CTO and he, 
He said it'd take a few weeks and we worked with you guys. It was a fantastic experience working with Sada. It was just like our own team right from the beginning. Never any question of who was on whose side and who was doing what. We're not that easy to work with. We, I mean, I'm a little programmer myself, so that can't be good. And, um, you know, we came over in a few weeks. I don't think it was more than three or four weeks. And we have 14 production systems we brought over. And this is everything for us. This is life and death. If this stuff doesn't work in every way, we are toast. You know, our customers have names kind of like SAP, IBM, and stuff like that. And they have a low tolerance for things that used to work suddenly not working. So anyway, came over and uh, we actually were going to do a test drive with GCP in Austin, but we got to do one with you guys first. And it was just fantastic. It was just one of those, you know, come down to Austin and, and just have a great day. Billy and the team were off the charts good, enthusiastic. He's tough. In case you ever wonder if he's tough, he's <laughs> Pretty tough. And uh, I don't know, I think a few million dollars of pipeline might have come into existence that day. I'm not oh, sure. Yeah. Some yeah. Tens of millions. Yeah, no, and you know, Google cannot be more excited because, you know, we're, we're exclusive to Google now. And that was a deliberate decision. But in a lot of ways, you know, we are an extension of them. So that they, so the, the concept that they have a partner that is so serious about sourcing that they are, you know, using the best in class platform on the planet. And then that this wonderful commercial experience where we're also, by the way, like part of the reason we, we want to serve customers for who's, you know, which whose platforms we're a fan of, like we absolutely want to make sure you have the best tech stack and the best experience around the technology. And we all, we also believe maybe biasly that they were in the best position to make sure that that's, that happens. So, we love being we love we love that alignment and, and and joint accountability for uh one another's success so i'm i'm, I'm you know I, I get proud every time a customer talks about the good experience with sada um and i think culturally that alignment is just clear in terms of how billy speaks about you and and your organization and i know the success that we're driving there and now the way you're speaking about uh us and our engineering team so that's that's really uh quite fantastic and I also just I, by the way I just love Chris I could I could listen to you tell stories about anything because the way you articulate <laughs> history is quite interesting well I won't tell the one about my mom putting a monkey in the freezer quite yet but someday <laughs> we'll get to that one okay uh, tell me a little more about what do you think the next five years are going to be like for the cloud for um for your customers I know it's a very challenging time right now there's all sorts of issues we want dive too, too deeply into those but let's just say there's yours you know there's there's acceleration of cloud adoption but also kind of masked in a lot of uncertainty but what are you seeing from your side because actually your platform has an interesting point of view yeah so you know what i'm seeing is that the biggest change that we're we're seeing and we just saw it nobody gets it yet is that work from home is now the standard for knowledge work it's no longer a, a privilege or a perk and when Satya Nadella comes out and says, you know, we're seeing a 20% increase in productivity. And, you know, I've been a CFO before, so I know what CFOs hate, right? CFOs hate leases more than anything in the world. They hate building leases and they hate everything that comes with them because that millstone around your neck doesn't want to leave any too soon. So when business goes up and down, you're stuck with the lease. When we came in and did stuff with you guys, you were in a WeWork. That's super smart. <laughs> I was like, you know. Yeah. 
because you're so also a customer of Sada's, and we've used them for every other flexible office expansion that we've done in eight other cities outside of LA. Yeah, so it's it's a you know it's it's the beginning of something that's totally new. I calculate about 1.5 trillion dollars a year are locked up in nothing more than time spent commuting. 1.5 trillion a year have just been unlocked. So that's that alone changes things. So here's what I think is going to happen: one, work from home never goes back. So we will come out of all this COVID stuff at some point. I happen to be a mathematician, so I would rather have slower with fewer people dead and faster with more people dead. That's all. I'd rather, you know, it's just it's just math. It's, I have an opinion about it. Math has an opinion. But regardless, we come out of it at some point, and we're already coming out in little ways, right? I mean, I was I was out walking today and there's construction everywhere. It's like all the people have construction constructing, right? It was a little irritating, but then I thought, no, that's good. That's the economy working. So that's going to change everything because suddenly talent is liquid and you can hire anybody from anywhere. That totally changes the talent market, which is the market. Without cloud, work from home never would have worked because you couldn't have inverted everybody's technical workspace so that they're home and they're coming in through some stupid firewall into God knows what that's hosted here, there, and the other place. So it was actually cloud that allowed folks to move home and, and cloud in the platform sense and cloud in the app on platform. So we're a good example. We're an app on platform, right? So we're on GCP. We had 104 customers go work from home in March. Not one of them called and asked for help. And as you know, we see their productivity on a minute by minute by minute basis. We, we have a front row seat for productivity. Not one of them missed one minute of productivity and they're up on average 40% meetings per day per rep. Wow. 40% since work from home hit? Yes. Unbelievable. Yeah, and that's 7.8 million dials that we've delivered since work from home hit. And we have it down to the day for each one of our customers. We keep track of that. That is fantastic. That's why I thought I'd ask you because you do have that unique, you know, correlation uh, the data you see is correlated directly to not only productivity but economic output at the end of the day because as you said you know sales is sales leads to everything else um that is quite remarkable but what a story i know this is the beginning of our relationship in a lot of ways it's only been a few months um i wish you tons and tons of success i'm so happy to meet you and to have you as a guest on cloud and clear billy thanks for coming in and supporting yeah thanks for having me tony appreciate it chris awesome working with you day in and day out bud love your team fantastic to work with i love it all right well i love working with you i love working with you and i'm looking forward to you guys being our first approved success story in the gcp partnership because that's what we're putting in right now just today we're, we're doing oh, that's 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 amazing that's amazing well, i can't wait for that and uh any other way we can support you in the future we're here for you uh not because you're nice but because your platform is amazing and you guys are wonderful to work with. All right. Thanks so much. Thanks for being my guest. Thank you for listening to Cloud and Clear. Check the show notes for links to this week's topics. And don't forget to connect with us on Twitter at Cloud and Clear and our website, sada.com. Be sure to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app.